0: What's up, Go to Go fans? Connor McCarthy here with my co-host, as always, Blake Pace, here to talk to you about another week in the NFL. This week, we're joined by special guest Eli Jennings. Eli has joined us a couple times. He's a he's a Patriots fan, which is always a joy to have on the show. How are you feeling, Eli? You know, I, I always appreciate the invite. Let's uh, let's just get some uh, some Patriots talking, man. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and we'll be good to go. All right. Yeah, what you? is
1: this your your third, fourth time on now?
2: It is. It is. You know, I I feel something like a veteran. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the
1: only reason, I think the only
0: reason You bring him on here Is to roast the Patriots Exactly so I mean, to roast his Derrick Henry take yeah, He made exactly. a couple months back We're not Listen, talking about we'll him <laughs> disappointing Alright so I guess uh, You got some numbers For us this week well, Of guy, course
1: Mike. Episode number 29
0: Alright we'll Start with
1: you Connor start Give me your me. 29s <laughs> Kendall Fuller I got that one Kendall Fuller And I really there want to 29. Take, I want to take credit For another one But Eli there's said a, before the th- show There's definitely Mr. Earl Thomas Earl Thomas Alright can we run Through the list Any others There's some, there's some solid players Sure there are you know, one, one of the top cornerbacks in the league.
0: Patrick Peterson?
1: Nope.
0: Brent no. Grimes? Nope. Oh, Brent Grimes? He's, he's 31. <laughs> Used to be one of the top cornerbacks in the league. I mean, just... Was one of the final four teams in the playoffs. La- not Lattimore?
2: Nope. No. Final four. Four. Yeah. Of so the playoffs. So this
0: this
1: <laughs> this cornerback uh-huh. is a stud cornerback in the NFC Championship oh, he game. he wasn't.
0: Okay, yeah. NFC Championship game. Sorry. Eagles versus... Jeez. Jeez. This Falcons? Is, yeah, Eagles. No, no. It's Eagles, so it's- Vikings. Oh, Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes, yeah. look <laughs> like, this has been a long that, day. That took a, yeah. Yeah, this took way longer than it should. Alright. Yeah. Uh let's
1: see. Um solid running back a while for a while for uh the Dallas Cowboys got cut by DeMarco Murray. the Titans, yes, DeMarco Murray. Uh one of the best defensive backs in football, missed all of last season to um, Eric Berry? Yep, Eric Berry.
2: There
1: we go. Alright, let's see. Who else are we working with? Um, oh I just not a whole lot of offensive firepower. Here. No, but here's here's a here's a beefy boy for you. Won the last <laughs> two Bowls. La- won the last two Super Bowls.
2: One the last two Super LeGuerre Blunt. LeGuerre Blunt. Yeah, there you is, go. Yep, you, you gotta have that one. Come you on. You gotta
1: have that one. <laughs> Patriot boy. Alright, let's go through the rest of these guys. Uh Leon Hall. Um, can't okay. forget him, Mike Adams, uh, so, Nate Allen, Bilal Powell, Duke Johnson, Bradley Roby, uh, Jaquiski Tart, Tariq Cohen. That's a great name. Um, <laughs> Marlon Humphrey, uh, rookie with the no, yeah, rookie with the Ravens. That's right. Um, and then let's take a look some of the all-time greats: Harold Jackson, Eric Dickerson. Um, wow, not a lot of greats. <laughs> Albert Lewis, Sam Madison. Though that's 29. That's oh, a. There we have it. Not yeah. the best number, but. 29 some guys. There.
0: there are some guys in there. Yeah, mean Eric Berry's there. You know, plenty of good. Carlton ba- It's all defensive backs yeah. and stuff. All right, so let's get into some of the topics for this week. Start off with some uh, pre draft talk. Josh Rosen recently came out and said, I'm the best quarterback in the draft, and he wants more rings than Brady. Do we like these comments? Do we not like these comments? I'll start with you, Eli.
2: Uh, I'll take uh, the position. I like the comments. I do. I, I think it's kind of fun. So many times these these prospects, especially these days, everyone's media trained. Everyone knows what to say, how it will be perceived. You you have to think about everything beforehand. So honestly I kind of enjoy it when, when someone comes out with a little bit of bravado, a little swagger. Um you know, obviously he's gonna be up there as far as picks go. So why not why not be excited?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: I I agree. Um I, you
1: know, in my opinion he's a top three quarterback in this draft. Um I have Allen at number one, and then I'm kind of torn at number two between uh, Rosen and Baker. I think I'm going to give the slight edge to Rosen on that one. Um He's tall. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Rosen, like, you know, I, I don't mind this at all. I love to see that, because everyone question does he care about the game? Yeah. And so I think this was the great approach with the media to be like, no, I'm going to win more Super Bowls than the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. So... I think that it's great for his um, His image image because now teams, you know, will buy into this. Oh, he cares about football. I don't think anyone should have ever questioned that he cares about football. I think that, you know, people say that he took it as a hobby because his parents are rich. I don't think you'd put yourself out there in that situation to get beat up game after game if you thought it was just a hobby. Like, you know, he truly cares about the game of football. And I think that got blown a little out of proportion um, I love the comments. I think it cements him as, you know, you know, a go-getter in this league, and I think he's gonna have a really nice shot wherever he ends up. Well,
0: I mean the thing is about I mean, you're right, I mean, the biggest winner out of this is gonna be his agent who can say if there's any lack of motivation questions, right. hey look, he's out here saying he wants to win more Super Bowls than uh, Tom Brady. That shows his commitment right there. Another thing, I mean, I know we both aren't huge fans of Sam Darnold on this podcast. We've said it a couple of times, but Darnold has often looked at as the top one-two quarterback in this draft. So, I mean, Darnell came out earlier saying he doesn't he doesn't really have the confidence, maybe, as a, of an NFL quarterback. and This is Josh Rosen coming out here and saying, yeah, I have the confidence. I'm ready to be the best quarterback in this draft. And I really think that this should be the mindset of every quarterback. Every quarterback should have this mindset. And I know, like Eli said, a lot of people are media-trained and everything. They don't go out and say what they feel. But, I mean, Josh Rosen, he's showing that he's ready, he's confident, and he has a little bit of personality, too.
1: Yeah, I think – this is going off on a little tangent, the stuff about how everyone says Darnold's the number one quarterback in this draft. It, it's the same bullshit that we got last year when people were like, you know, Jabril Pepper's first round talent. He's going to be one of the best picks in the, you know, he's going to be a steal if he goes late in the first round. He was one of the worst graded first round picks this year. It's just the media hype for this guy. And he, I, I, it's the same thing over with Sam Darnold. Um, there's a lot of guys, um, ex quarterbacks from USC that now work in media. Of course, they're going to hype up. The USC quarterback, you know, they, they have that connection with their school. Um, who's the guy, Joe Clatt? I think from us, former UFC or UC, USC, USC. <laughs> quarterback. Uh-huh. And, uh, I think he's blown Sam Darnold's, um,
0: Wow, well, I'm we'll, we'll, Yeah, I, am yeah I don't know. When Blake gets passionate, it quickly becomes an X-rated <laughs> yeah. podcast. So I, I, I mean, can see the steam I don't know. Yeah. I can see it. He honestly, as soon as I mentioned Sam Darnold's name, I might yeah. as well have said Blake Bortles. I don't know. Yeah, I know. Blake Bortles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing that that in that yet. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I just think that it's the same media throwing this out there. I don't think that he's gonna be one of the first quarterbacks taken in this draft. I think that honestly, Rosen, Allen, and Baker will get taken before him. I think they they go one, two, really? three. I think yeah. they go one, two, three, and a team ends up, you know, a Denver, a Miami, or a Buffalo kind well, of end I up think, with
0: him. I think I think that Donald's going to go one of the first three quarterbacks. In the so? I do think he is. I mean, I know that us on this podcast we don't have the highest opinion of him, yeah. but a lot of scouts do, and a lot of NFL teams seem to be really reaching for him. I mean, the Browns are even considering him at number one. They really are. So we don't know where these quarterbacks are going to go, but it's going to be interesting to see no matter what. And Josh Rosen is really setting himself aside and saying that he has the motivation to play, and that's huge for him. I think that's perfect for him. Uh Uh,
2: Do you think things have changed recently that people are giving players more credibility to where they're they're kind of allowed to speak and say things outside of the norm without getting immediately attacked for it? Because
0: my assumption was a lot of people would be kind of offended by this. Well, I mean, I will say, I mean, the NFL for... A while it was given the mantra of the no fun league, pretty much, where players were supposed to have as little personality as possible. That's why the celebration rules were so strict and things like that. And You've seen in recent years, I mean, with the NFL protests and with the rule changes to celebrations, I mean, players are given being allowed to have a little bit more personality, and they're being more outspoken in more recent years.
1: Yeah, and there's no doubt that the NFL as an organization isn't looking at, you know, the NBA – it's like wow, the NBA is blowing up right now, and wow, their players are allowed to speak freely about you know social issues. They're allowed to you know flaunt on on the court, and so I think the NFL and that even goes back to um, the celebration rule. They put that back in there because you know it's a lot of fun to watch the players express emotions, and, yeah. and that makes more money. It gets more views on social media. Watching replays of all these funny celebrations, people talk about it. People are talking about the NFL more, and I think. When the comments aren't harmful to the organization, that you know, they're not really attacking them anymore for that, and that's why I think his comments yeah. are totally fine.
0: One of my favorite articles to read every week uh, during the season was uh, the GIF article where they showed every of the players' gifts of uh, their celebration, yeah, and everything. right? It was yeah, one of the things I look forward to. So it was, it was funny, it was fun to watch, yeah. I, I don't know,
2: I think that's something that coming out of college, a lot of these guys have the talent. Uh, but mentally there could definitely be things that hold them back yeah. and yeah a funny story that comes to mind I remember uh, Dion Sanders telling it about how when he was about to be drafted he was talking himself up in the same way yeah. and you know all the pre the pre-draft meetings with teams apparently when he was meeting with the Giants they had they brought in some big test for him. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I remember you've heard the story. story yeah yeah, this yeah is great and he um he starts looking through it and he's he's like well what is all this stuff Can we give to everyone you have to do it it's gonna take a while he said, "What pick do you have?" And they said number ten. He said, "I'll be gone by then," and he walked out. <laughs> walked
1: right out. Of that's that's kind of funny. And he,
2: I, I think he had a pretty solid career. Yeah, exactly.
1: You know? <laughs> and that's the thing. Like people, people want to criticize a young quarterback for you know looking cocky or saying stuff like this, being bold. The best quarterbacks in the league right now are some of the biggest. Dicks, I know we're getting a
2: little, a little PG thirteen.
0: sometimes you have to bring the truth. I think my little Aaron
2: Rodgers. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh boy, I'm in some trouble. I'm in
1: some trouble. No, Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Matt Stafford, all of these guys, you know, they're they're (coughs) very um, outgoing personalities. They they will be aggressive. They'll say what they need to say, Um, and I think that this is just you know an example that. Um, Josh Rosen has what it takes, not just talent-wise, but, um, you know, confidence-wise as well. Yeah, well. I mean, I
0: think we often forget how young these players really are. Yeah. When you think about it. I mean, they're our age. Yeah, they're our age. I'm <laughs> 20, I mean, I'm 20 years old, and uh, some of the players are my age, getting in the draft and everything. I, I would screw up plenty of times, I feel like, That's if right. I, I was in front of the media every day. I mean, uh, we're just just not mentally developed enough to be able to handle the situation. You're not as experienced. So to respect – uh, expect perfection when it comes to handling the media. Anything is outrageous, I think, and I don't have any problem with what Josh Rosen said. Mm-hmm. So, on to our next subject. <sighs> All right. There's been a lot of talk in the offseason about Des Bryant, whether it'll be cut from the the Cowboys. He's been working with multiple coaches to try, to try and improve his game. Do you guys think it's possible for Des to improve his game at this point in his career and become a top five wide receiver again? Blake, first.
1: No, no. I don't even think there's, you know. Just with how talented the top five wide receivers are, and I think we even had Eli on this podcast when we talked about the top five wide receivers in football, Des Bryant has, at this point in his career, has no chance to catch up with what these other guys can do. Des Bryant can run two routes at most. He has never shown the desire to improve his game. And yes, he's working a little more. I think he just knows that, wow, I'm probably going to get cut from the Cowboys. And honestly, I think he is going to be a post-draft cut um, I think that bringing in Alan Hearns, possibly drafting a wide receiver, I think that's going to be the end of Dez's um, time with the Cowboys. And it's a little too late for him to, to do all this extra work now, now that he knows, man, it's going to be tough for me to, you know, find a job that pays as much as Dallas is right now. I think that um, at this point, it's a little too late for Dez to
2: make that jump.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Eli? Dez Bryant dropped off the map. The day Tony Romo got hurt, like like w- once his once Tony Romo wasn't Tony Romo anymore, once he wasn't running that offense, it, it it's never been the same. He's still big bodied, he's still physically gifted, he still wants it, but the fact of the matter is he doesn't have anyone throwing him open anymore. And and I, and I think people don't give Tony Romo enough credit in retrospect because Des Bryant was the one receiving all the praise during his I mean he had a couple huge seasons oh, where he's yeah. getting double digit touchdowns around 90 receptions and 1300 yards you know and it was because Des Bryant was the man but Tony Romo leaves in Des's prime you know yeah and, and and he's never produced without him so i i really think Des Bryant is a decent receiver i think he's a guy you can have on your team that can bring a lot to your offense but he is He's never going to be elite again, and
0: you can ask the question: Was he ever truly great? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right now too, and I completely agree that Romo made Dez a top five receiver. And I'm gonna say I think Dez, he's one of the best jump ball receivers of all time when it comes to when he was in his prime <laughs> at least, and I th- still think he has that ability still to this day. When it was like you said, throwing him open pretty much, giving him an opportunity at the ball because he could catch it over anybody. He was. An insane red zone weapon, but like Blake said as well, he only runs a couple routes. And Tony Romo was perfect throwing that jump ball to Des. Yeah. And Dak isn't that quarterback. I don't think no. I, Dak is not that quarterback at all. And Des cannot make himself open. And as, I don't think Dak is that great a quarterback. But it's super hard to throw to your number one receiver uh, jump balls all the time when. You're first getting in the league, and you don't trust it all the time. And Dez isn't making himself open, and that's a huge problem. And that's what this whole off-season regimen has been about, is improving his footwork and stuff like that. And I read an article earlier in the year where it said, well, okay, it's great that he's doing that now, but why wasn't he doing this before? Why didn't we hear this before? Why haven't we heard him working with great wide receiver coaches and things like that before this year? Because it's now it's become such a big problem that he knows that his paycheck's going to hurt the next time he gets a contract rolling around because he went from – having 1300 1200 1300 yards, 12 13 16 TDs a season to 3 8 in the last couple years and not breaking the 900 yard mark in receiving yards. So, it's just not getting the done. That's not number 1 receiver numbers. Not at all. And I I think that what's really best
1: for him at this point. I think he does need to be cut from the Cowboys. I think that's the best move for his career. Um, he's you know, he doesn't fit in an offense where you just have a, you know, A system quarterback or a game manager, someone that, you know, isn't going to, you know, throw the deep ball and give you chances to make some crazy plays, which is what his biggest, um, his biggest asset is to his game right now. He needs to move to an offense with, you know, a very
0: aggressive quarterback, aggressive playbook. What are you going to say? Detroit. Stafford would be the perfect place for him I think but I mean and they already have good receivers on that team as well Marvin Jones Jr who's had a great year last year going up and getting fly balls from Matt Stafford who has a gunslinger mentality and he's a good quarterback and he reminds me a lot of Romo when Romo was playing well yeah so if anybody I would think Detroit would be a great place for him
1: yeah I think that also I know we talked even about it last week when discussing Odell there are a lot of teams that have so many great um wide receiving, uh, concepts or wide receiver concepts in this new age. on um, the Rams and the 49ers specifically, they do an amazing job at getting your receivers open. Um, and that would require Des to put in a little more effort, um, in one of those systems, but he would also thrive in those because, I mean, I don't think golf necessarily in LA, I'm thinking more, um, San Francisco with Jimmy G. Jimmy G is a, is a gunslinger, um, can be, um, and they do need a number one wide receiver I don't know if he can step up to that but I
0: think that his play would be elevated in a Kyle Shanahan offense yes. and I'm gonna let you speak in the second Eli, I guess uh so I think that Dez is more he's the more old-fashioned <coughs> receiver when it comes to like not even like old old-fashioned I'm talking about he's a pure jump ball receiver and yeah. those new coordinations they're getting the receivers open like you said and everything and it's less and less focused on the jump ball I think I think it's more of getting route runners and things like that skills that des doesn't possess yeah he needs to be on a system where it is an old school an old old school school brett Favre, uh matt stafford tony romo just gunslinger type mentality and i don't think those teams are where he's going he's an old school mindset two
1: teams that are kind of stuck in that rut of being old school offenses with amazing quarterbacks uh, Packers and Seahawks. They have not been able to adapt their offenses to the new age, and they kind of feature that, well, let's just, you know, give them a chance. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, always seems to be at the end of the games throwing those Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. Great jump ball receiver in Des Bryant. Um, Russell Wilson as well. I think that that would be, you know... Yeah. you, you got to have an organization that, one, is willing to take on his personality. Um, and so that that is a big part of it as well. He has caused, you know, a lot of disturbances in the locker room with the coaching staff. Um, and then, two... You know, someone, you know, you're right, with one of those yeah. more outdated offenses.
0: And one more thing. I know, and it seems like every three years that, like, the NFL shifts to a different type of offensive system and everything like that. And when the Packers won the Super Bowl and everything, they had their own offense set, and they really haven't moved on since then. Nope. When the Seahawks won the Super Bowl, it was all the pistol was all the rage and everything like that. Options, running quarterbacks and everything. The Seahawks won the Super Bowl, they haven't really moved on from that. So, you find success with one thing, and then... They kind of just stick with it for too long. When Tony Romo was throwing to Dez. Mm-hmm. Anything else
2: that had you like? No, I, I think that about sums it up. If, if I had to bet on it, I it, it really it could go either way at this point between him landing there this offseason and him going somewhere else. But when when it comes down to it, Jerry Jones is going to have to decide what his vision for the team is. And not to bring a whole other matter into this, but he has always been the type to... Like players like Dez. I mean, Dez is his prototype, the flashy, star wide receiver. That's what Jerry Jones is looking for. Will he have the the business sense and savvy to cut him and use the money and apply it elsewhere? Does Does he bet on Dez bouncing back at this point in his career? I don't know. It could go either way. I, I'm going to bet that he stays, but it, it really could go either way. So you're betting that he stays. What do you think?
0: He brought up a great point with Jerry Jones. The Jerry Jones factor is huge, and he Uh loves Dez. He's loved Dez since he's been there. But I think that there's some people in his front office, like his son possibly, that are saying, hey, we need to move on from this guy. I know he was the franchise at one point, but he doesn't fit our scheme right now. If Dak is surely who you want at quarterback, we need a new one number one receiver for him. All right, so you're saying – I'm saying he leaves. I'm going to say he gets cut too. Yeah. Yeah, It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. All right, on to the next subject, and this one's a little more uh, fun and not as serious. So they're finally getting rid of the Color Rush finally. uniforms on Thursday. Absolutely. You, wait, you're... Whoa, 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 So Before we start this, you're both on the side of the Color Rush uniforms. You like them. But yes or no, you like the Color Rush uniforms. Yes. And yes.
2: Uh, I love the Color Rush uniforms. Okay.
0: Well, they're finally getting rid of those god-awful, ugly Color Rush uniforms on Thursday night, which it's because Fox bought the game, uh, Fox bought the rights of Thursday night football and the first thing they went and announced was we're not doing the gimmick anymore of Thursday night games so I no longer have to watch the Jaguars horrible ugly mustard uniforms against the Titans baby blue or the Redskins having to protest their uniforms because they're so ugly and wear their own uniforms on Thursday nights I thought it was one of the worst things they've ever done You go ahead and talk. One of the worst uniform concepts that they've ever had. What else was interesting about watching those games on Thursday? Mm -hmm. They were
1: always the worst matchups you could possibly get the entire week. It was like you said. Oh, the Jags and the Titans. It was back when both teams of of the Rams and the 49ers were bad. You had to watch those two teams play against each other. It was always interdivisional matchups that weren't marquee matchups. You always got the worst of the worst, you know, When the Bears were as bad as they were, you had the Bears versus the Lions. No one wants to watch that. You had to watch the the Jets and the Bills. No one wants to watch that. They're always the games that just don't matter. So when, yeah, they got some interesting uniforms, I'm going to turn it on to see what they look like. I'm not, you know, it's not like I know what I'm going to turn on and see. Like, I I don't look at images like, oh, what are what the Jets are wearing tonight? No, I'm going to turn on the TV to the game to see what they're wearing. If they want to make these games more interesting and not the worst matchups of the season, then yeah, this is a, this will
0: be fine. I'll move on from Color Rush if you give me some good games on Thursday. Which they did say they're going to do. They're going to add more competitive games because you have I, apparently to. I, I was talking to Eli before the show about this. Uh, there was some rule where it, they could only uh, face teams in certain time zones to go up against each so other. So it was more it was within time, the division. They had stuff, to be within yeah. the same time zone. So they said we're getting rid of that rule, and teams can any team can face any time, uh, team on uh, Thursday night now. So I think that'll that be more competitive. Eli, you go ahead and defend these awful uniforms. Listen,
2: I uh, my answer is two part. I love color rush uniforms, like, like like what Blake said. It's just it's fun to see, like. A couple things we're not thinking about here. First of all, Madden uniform choices are going to take a huge hit. Thank you. Every season, I, mean, I played
0: I play Madden just as much as everybody, mm. and I'm telling you right now, I will not miss those at all. You keep uh, going. Those are my favorite no, parts. Good. I mean, just <laughs> okay. it makes it fun. And yes, it is a
2: gimmick, but at the end of the day, Thursday night football is the gimmick, and. The problems that arise with injuries and players, like, like so many players, whether it's been through the Players' Tribune or just talking about it, players hate Thursday night football. And, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is you finish up your game late Sunday and then it's immediately go time. Add in the fact that now they're going to be putting the Chargers against the Giants. I mean, there are going to be more problems created by this with injuries. It, I think Thursday night football, on the whole, should just go. I like watching it, but I think it causes more of a problem for the league than it's worth. And the reason that CBS isn't coming back, it's because it wasn't profitable. Like, Fox thinks that they can do something else with it. But, I mean, the NFL can get a little oversaturated in, like, our market sometimes. You know, we watch we watch so much football that this one game, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to be excited about it.
0: Well, I'm going to say, I mean... I'm not going to go into that. Thursday night football is a huge topic in its own right. I mean, you're right. I mean, the players hate it. There's probably something that needs to be done about it. But those uniforms were just the worst thing about Thursday night football to me. And I know that the competition was terrible, too. It really was. But at least I was watching some fantasy players. But then I had to go watch the Bills-Jets game, where it's red versus green, and half the audience can't watch because they're colorblind, and it was confusing the crap out of them. I just—I I, never—I couldn't think of the only uniform that I thought was okay was the Seahawks neon. I thought that was kind of cool. And Eli I thought that was the worst uniform coming into it. But the, I really the neon's didn't, these, a little the
2: much. The neon's a little much. Carolina much Panthers. You I, I, like I love Carolina's
0: blue, and I didn't—that's a little overload to me. I didn't want to see it anymore. The Saints uniform was all right because they were all black at least. But still, I, and they used those uniforms regularly anyway before the color rush was even a thing. I, I just. I'm with the Redskins. Uh, probably the proudest Redskins moment I've had in the last three years <laughs> was when the Redskins Your decided. life. <laughs> uh, it might have been. Honestly, you know what? No, that would have to be. I'm not even going to go into that. But, uh, yeah, those were the ugliest uniforms. Those are off. pretty cool. Pretty cool. That is a glorified image of it. We're looking at it online. It was a mustard yellow uniform of the Redskins, and the Redskins thought it was so ugly that they decided they were not going to wear those uniforms, took a hefty fine from the league, to wear their maroon uniforms, and I was full on that side because those uniforms were god awful, and I, I really I, I thought this for years. A couple of my friends, we've always talked about how bad they are. And when Foxes go ahead and tweeted that heart or football fans don't need a gimmick to watch Thursday night football, I had to agree with that. But they do need a gimmick. They don't need a gimmick because they're gonna make the games more competitive.
1: But if or they just do, get rid it's of just them like all together, the like Eli said. exactly. The thing is, is that they're they're too focused on trying to control viewership every day of the week. Yeah. You, get a, you get a Tuesday and Wednesday break, one Thursday. People aren't watching TV as much on Fridays and Saturdays because it's the weekend, and then they dominate Sunday and Monday. You know, I understand them wanting to control as much. I mean, it's money. You can't argue that, but you're right. There are a lot of issues with it, and I, I agree as well that I I don't think Thursday night football should
0: even exist. I mean, like, yeah, I, I can't deny it. I mean, like, once again, when fantasy season starts and I see that I have a Thursday night player, I get a little excited, and I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, it would probably be worth it in the long run for players, definitely. They're always talking about safety and everything. Well, that would probably be a great way to stop it is to let players have more than three days to recover before an NFL game, which is you know, it takes such a toll on their bodies and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would have to agree. Thursday night football as a whole probably maybe need to get rid of it eventually, except for the Thanksgiving Day, which was awesome and everything, the three days on Thanksgiving. Besides that, yeah, Thursday night football, maybe it should go. Yeah. All right, on to our next subject. So Blake and I have been mentioning a couple couple times over the past couple weeks, uh, James Winston and Marcus Mariota. Who is better at this point in their career? Who would you take to lead your franchise? Eli, you can start with this one.
2: It's it's an interesting angle to approach because the more the more you look at both, you know they have their similarities. And honestly, as a football fan, I like both of them. I, if, if either of them is playing, it's it's usually a pretty fun game to watch. <clears throat> but the more I scouted the uh, Titans end of last season, you know, getting ready for that playoff matchup, uh, the more I realized Marcus Mariota is kind of just a glorified Jake Locker. He really. <clears throat> He does some things well, but in many areas, he's, he's not going to be that transient guy who's just going to be able to take your football team from average to good or good to great. And another reason they're, they've they had to lean so much on the run game in the past, if I have to pick one between the two of those, I would definitely take Winston. I, I think he's just going to be the more exciting, more driven, potential guy who can who can just push you to, to places your franchise hasn't been before, you know? That's, that's what you're looking for. Who's who has the most potential down the road? You know, what have you shown me so far? But
1: Honestly, if I had the choice, I'd choose neither. Um yeah. I don't like either of them, honestly, but I'm also gonna side on I'd rather have Jameis Winston. I think Mariota um his his Progressions, his progressions, um, his reads, his decision-making last year was pretty bad. And um, there was one point in the season I think we talked about he had 10 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. Something like that. Yeah, it was a pretty rough season for Mariota. His team still made the playoffs, but, you know, imagine with, you know, a little bit better of a quarterback in there, um, what could have been? Now, honestly, I think that Mariota is going to have a much better year next season because they're in a new and improved offense. Um, they've moved on into kind of a new wave of, of NFL football. And so I think he could really see an upgrade also having Derrick Henry aside him and uh Dion Lewis, instead of DeMarco a banged up DeMarco Murray. Um, I think it is going to be the best year of Mariota's career next year. I'd still rather James Winston. Um, Winston just has the, the winning personality. I just think that Mariota, um, has kind of this really relaxed approach to, um, to the game and to his lifestyle as well. I don't think that he's, you know, like these other cocky quarterbacks we've seen, um, like we talked about earlier today. he, You know, he doesn't have a personality of an Aaron Rodgers or a uh, or a Josh Rosen. He's kind of just more laid back, and I think that really isn't great for a locker room presence when you're the essentially the leader of the team. You want someone that's going to go into the locker room. I mean, you know, Jameis Winston ate his fingers, but, like, at least he's, you know, giving some, like, crazy – Pre-game speech I think that that plays a lot into it as well also Mariota's leg injuries scare me a little bit too much on um, the hamstrings just haven't been there the past two seasons um I know he fractured his leg at the end of not this past season but the year before um I think just Jameis Winston had also a pretty bad year but I would take him in the long run over Mariota
0: yeah I mean like you said I don't know if I really want either of these quarterbacks exactly yeah. in my franchise <laughs> and not to say that they aren't I mean, they're they're right in the middle of the pack, honestly, when it comes to quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna agree with both y'all. Before I can get to this, I would probably take Winston over Mariota, just because I have seen what he can do when he's really on, and he can be he can make throws that few other quarterbacks can make. I mean, he has a cannon for an arm. He has that great leadership ability that we we've all talked about and everything. A lot of people saw in Hard Knocks last year. But he's both these guys are just so inconsistent with their game. Yeah, I mean, they have they. they it seems like. They'll have one of the best games of their career, and everybody's super high on them again, maybe one or two games in a row, and they go right back to it. I mean, the things that I've seen from their rookie year to now, I really can't see how much they progress progressed in one area or another. It really doesn't seem like there's been that much. I mean, with Winston, he has a strong arm, Marius still has that accuracy occasionally, but they both make dumb reads sometimes. They both make horrible decisions, and yep. it ends up costing them and everything. I will say that's another thing that Mariota was supposed to be one of the more smart, one of the smarter players coming into the league and everything. That was one of the things that he would really progress on. He wouldn't make dumb interceptions, but he had a couple four interception games last year. So you can't really rely on either of these quarterbacks. Now, once again, I'm gonna go with Winston because the cap on him is insane and like I had him as my fantasy quarterback last year and he put up some good numbers while Mariota was just lost in the stat sheet, at least uh-huh. and on that offense as a whole. So yeah, I'm gonna probably go with James as well.
1: Yeah, I just think last thing, like, I could change my mind by the end of next year. I really haven't, we haven't seen Mariota with great talent on the offense. Um, I don't think that he's ever had a true number one receiver. Delaney Walker, great tight end, but I would, you know, there are several tight ends I'd rather take in the passing offense than Delaney Walker. He also just doesn't have a wide receiver one. Corey Davis had a great game against the Patriots. You know, hopefully he can grow into that number one receiver role, but um, the core wasn't good. They're playing with. You know, a badly injured, way too old, past his prime DeMarco Murray. Um, Whereas Winston, on the other hand, has Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson. He has a cool set. Yeah, he's he's loaded there. They still need a running back, but um, I'm not a big... Yeah, O.J. Howard coming up. Um, So, you know, I think with a new offensive scheme, with improved talent, hopefully, you know, they can nab someone in the draft or pick up a wide receiver late in free agency. I don't know who's still available at this point. Maybe Cam Meredith. Um, Cam Meredith? Yeah, Cameron Meredith might be the – there's no one big out there yeah, right now. No but, but you know, like it that. could be a lot better next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has a future uh, – or Mariota has a future probable running back. that's gonna be, Oh, uh, yeah. The field he does, so he doesn't he, Eli? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. All right. Going to our final subject of the day. I know uh, Eli's been waiting for this one. Is the Patriots dynasty over this year? And if not, when? Tom Brady is now over 40 years old. They've lost a lot of big names in the offseason. Their line looks like trash. Uh, Blake, I'm gonna let you start with this one. Yeah, with uh without
1: with the roster they have right now, they're not making the Super Bowl. I really don't think they are. I don't I think that at some point. Talent has to overrule coaching, and you kind of saw that um, in the Super Bowl. You're a little outmatched in the talent industry, especially with, you know, Malcolm Butler on the sideline. Um, and then that kind of, you know, trickled down and just losing everyone on the, you know, on the roster this past offseason. I don't think they've made any key free agent signings that are over the top. They didn't bring in someone like last year when they brought in Stefan Gilmore. You know, um, Gronk is, you know, back, but, you know, there's... Quarrels between him and the coaching staff. They don't get along that well. I just think that it is coming to an end and it'll officially be over when uh, Belichick retires. Um, I think that Josh McDaniels has the ability um, to kind of maybe maintain some of the success, but I don't think he has the right mindset that Belichick has. I don't think Belichick has passed down enough to McDaniels yet in his career. Maybe he can over the next year or two. But I think right now, without the quarterback of the future on this roster, without the talent on this roster, A, I don't think they're making the Super Bowl this year, and B, I think that they're coming to the end of their their great dynasty.
0: And I'm going to go next before Eli gets to rebuttal and everything, come at us with all he's got. But I just think this year it's all going to come down to Brady, uh, how long he's going to go. I mean – we didn't really see many regressions last year. I know he had a couple, a little bit of rusher rush at the end of the year, he looked fine in the postseason. But I mean, he's over 40 now, and I know that we keep making this Superman mantra of Tom Brady. Oh, he can play for forever and everything like that. But the old expression, "Father Time is undefeated." There's going to come a time when he's going to slow down, and I know that he's just shown no signs of it, and he's looked even better. And I'll even say, like when Peyton Manning was playing with Denver in his later years, he had a couple, a couple of those years. It was his best years he ever looked. But then it was just all of a sudden, one year, it just caught up to him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's going to be this year. I really don't. But would it surprise me if it is this year? It really wouldn't. And if that starts happening, like you said, they don't have that quarterback of the future right now. Uh, they traded him away. They traded Jimmy Garoppolo and Brissett away. So I don't know where this organization is headed if Tom Brady struggles next year. Yeah. Well, here here's the, the lens through which I, I, I want to examine the,
2: the question here. The Patriot dynasty being over uh, – does that happen when they like don't win the Super Bowl? When they stop missing, or when they start no, missing no, the I'm playoffs? No, I'm going to say when they start missing when, the playoffs. Okay. And, okay. So if if I think where they start missing
1: AFC Championship games is the end of the dynasty for me. I think that in this division, I think they could still win it. I don't think the AFC East. I don't. See, I mean, the Jets' defense is up and coming. Um, Buffalo made the playoffs this past year. I still think even without Belichick and Brady, this team would eventually find a quarterback. Um, could still win the division. I think when they stop making the AFC championship game is when I say that, you know, they're just not there anymore. So that, that's kind of my yeah. idea of it. Okay. I'll broaden
0: my definition of it, too. I mean, to make the playoffs in the NFL as a Redskins fan, and usually should as a Colts fan now, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to do. And if the Patriots were to make the playoffs the next six years without another AFC championship win or going to the Super Bowl, and then the seventh year they go back to the Super Bowl and win the game, I'd still say that kind of connects that dynasty still. Yeah. So that's my mindset on too. It. And it's very – it's different opinions. I mean, it's whatever you view it as. Eli, you can go ahead. Yeah. My, <laughs> the biggest thing, which uh,
2: Blake Blake brought up a little bit, is the state of the rest of the division. You know, the, the Patriots have an organization that runs deeper than anyone in football, and they, they do things the right way. And – the, the fact that, like, them having a down year next year is, like, they might not make it to the Super Bowl. Like, this this team is so far ahead of, like, the basic expectations for an NFL team. I don't think the division has what it takes. And as far as Brady goes, it's, I mean, it's why it's so much fun to be a fan. Because, literally, it doesn't matter. And, and it's crazy. And it's like you, you throw, like, you defy all logic. But... Throughout his whole career, it doesn't matter who's there, it doesn't matter who's throwing to, it doesn't matter who's running the ball, the job gets done. And so until that job stops getting done, or until, because honestly, it, a challenge almost has to arise within the division, because if this hierarchy exists year after year after year, then even when, you know, there is eventually a coaching change, which which by the way, Lord knows how long that man can coach. Like, like yeah. how long does he want it? That, that'll that be the question. But it, the question. we could have another decade of Belichick, or this could be his last year. Like, we don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. a lot of factors. Let me say, I think, you know, you brought up
1: a great point. They had on the roster their one piece to maintain this dynasty, and it was Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill traded him away for a second round pick. Yeah. Um, And I think that that decision is is going to haunt the organization for years to come. He didn't
0: want to do that. Yeah,
1: he didn't want to. Um, But, you know, there was all that trouble that went there. But, I mean, God, McDaniels, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in McDaniels offense would have been amazing to watch. Um, Like, McDaniels is top three, top four offensive-minded coach in the league. I'd say he's up there with Sean Payton, um, Kyle Shanahan, and Rams Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Yeah. He's he's up there in that top four. They're they're the four best offensive minded coaches in football. Jay Gruden, I'll put him you know, <laughs> uh, I'll maybe put, in the
2: second.
0: Yeah, I'll put I'll put him, I'll put him below <laughs> a little bit. Uh, but but that's the
1: thing. Like they had the quarterback that would have, you know, developed into that new wave of football, and now he's over in the NFC, and who knows, you know, he's gonna have an amazing career, it looks like. So unfortunately, they have to find the quarterback, and I think they have to find it sooner rather than later. Because if you get a quarterback who can sit behind Tom Brady and learn, you need him to learn from not just Brady, but Belichick for at least a season two hopefully because they've, they're the example of sustained success in the NFL. And if you can learn from that, you can sort of carry that on. And, um, you know, they, they've made some trades. They made some moves. They have picks. Now they could bundle up what they have to move in to take one of these quarterbacks. Um, I heard something that they actually really like Lamar Jackson, um, which was really interesting to me because Lamar Jackson, um, it's it's. I always thought he was going to be a first round pick, but it's becoming more apparent that he is going to be taken in the first round now. And it wouldn't surprise me if if you know maybe a trade up into the teens, um, and the Patriots selected Lamar Jackson, and then you know now you have a guy who can sit behind Brady, learn from Belichick and him. That is that, that gives them a much better chance to carry on this legacy.
0: If Garoppolo is still there, I don't think i asked this question for another 8-10 years. Exactly. I really don't think i asked ask it for another 8-10. Unless Belichick left, but still, I mean, I think Garoppolo's a franchise quarterback. I think he's going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the next couple of years. So... Yeah, it, it's just, I'm scared. The roster is just depleted right now. It is. And it, but, like, once again, I I said it. We said it yeah, a couple times. They do it every year, pretty much. But this year, this is Tom Brady is 41 for,
1: but years I old. I think this is the worst their roster has ever been in recent years. I think that we always say it every year. Well, it doesn't matter who's on the roster. It's significantly worse than years before. You lose your, your best scat back. You lose. Your left tackle. The defense is
0: what worries me. That's what worries me because their defense. You lose your number one corner, and it was bad to start with. The defense wasn't great last year. I know they had that long run at the end of the year, but we saw what happened in the playoffs. They got destroyed by the Eagles. Yeah,
1: and they're lit up. They were also missing their best linebacker, so they'll get him back this next year. So that is a big difference having him on the field. onto Hightower, but um, man, it's scary because you know. You know, if they had a few more guys, and man, maybe they don't take a quarterback this draft. They have a ton of picks. Mm -hmm. They have two first round picks. Maybe they take two of the better defensive players in the first round that use that early second round pick on the defense as well. Maybe get you know a stud running back in the second round. And I'm thinking, man, they're fine. They got some of the best young studs in the draft. Um, So it all depends on how this draft shakes up for how long they can sustain this success.
2: And, and also, just, just one last thing while we're here with the hype, James. You have Jamie Garoppolo's stats up, and I'm worried where you're going here. <laughs> well, no, just, just okay, uh, that situation I think is one of the most interesting situations that's happened in football in recent years. But I, I'll be the first one to just be a little hesitant to crown someone who hasn't thrown the ball, but like 270 times in his career. One of the five best quarterbacks. Thank so, you. I would be thank you. a little hesitant a? to say thank
0: you, Eli. Thank oh, God, oh, 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 oh. I'm going to say this right now. and I've caught a lot of flack ever since my quarterback. God. This was more of a future pick for me. Jimmy no, Garoppolo You said you would give me the top five the quarterbacks potential. in the league
1: next year. And, and you
0: mean, had him at number five. Did. And I did. Oh, <laughs> I did. It's ridiculous. And also I said that there's going to be a lot of slack for it, And guess what? He will. He will. Oh. We'll see. He well, will. I, I, he will eventually get there. He will eventually get there. Will
1: he be there next year, like you said in your Oh, article? he might. He
0: might. Uh, I'm going to give him a 50-50 shot of being a top five quarterback next year. Crazy. And I know it's crazy. It's crazy. And, like, uh, you love Pat Mahomes. I know you're not making any outlandish top five or top ten quarterback no, today, I think like he, that. No, but he. I did say last week he was going to make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I did say that you last did? week. I know. I know. So, so yeah, that, you're That's bold my too. bold claim yeah, out you gotta there. You got to have bold predictions every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And I understand that it, but did you watch the games where he was playing? I've I'm watching this Go seven, ahead and watch the se- stats. All you se- want. 7 TDs, 5 interceptions. Okay. Okay, you want like I think Blake will back me up on In this. In 16. Two. I mean, he played Jacksonville too, and he only won. He, he, he did pretty well against. Oh my god, he lit he up lit Jacksonville. The Jacksonville. And oh. most of those picks <laughs> weren't even his fault. They were receivers that were dropping the ball, and it went into their arms. It was watch the game. My, my favorite Eli.
1: thing about that Jacksonville. <laughs> good game. Goodwin
0: looked like a number one receiver
1: for five weeks. I just think that that game was so interesting because um, it wasn't just that they were systematically just. Beat, like they're not better than the Jaguars, but no. the Jaguars players like were screaming at each other on the field, on the sidelines because they couldn't figure they out. Can't figure out Kyle
0: Shanahan and, Bill, and there you go, Robert. Kyle
1: Shanahan. That's the yes. biggest thing for me. It's his offensive scheme. He can game plan better than any coach in this league right now. And, you know, that's what had the Jaguars. It's just now he has a quarterback that can take advantage of the opportunities he's I've presented I've publicly
0: with. critical about Kyle Shanahan as well, but I think within the next six, seven years, the Kyle Shanahan-Jimmy Garofalo duo will be one of the top in the NFL and it will rival, not the Brady, not the oh. Brady Belichick, maybe, but I think it'll definitely rival the Peyton Breeze type things, some things like that. I mean, within I think a few it'll be one years, this, it is yes. going to be, the best, be one of
2: the best coach. Like
1: yes. I, I think once you're once you're rid of you know Ben Roethlisberger, once he's gone, once Tom Brady is gone, Aaron Rodgers gets towards the end of his career. That is good because it, it is the best young coach in football and one of the brightest. Young... is
0: the best young coach in football. Let's take. All right, right top two,
1: we can have that up for debate. I think that um, Shanahan does a better job of getting his wide receivers open. They both do a great job at that, but um, I also think the 49ers were much more impressive with a lot less talent on that offense. But either way, that's a discussion for another time. I just think that, you know, in a few years, this will be the top quarterback coach duo
0: in the league. I don't think it's even, what did you say, like eight years down? I said five years down. Five I'm years? saying they I can compare. It, well, Breeze and Peyton may not be in the league. Well, Breeze probably will definitely not be in the league in five years. I'm talking about yeah. when you look back compared to like, gotcha. oh, that's that's yeah. comparison to them. Yeah, no, yeah, they're, they're, they have – one of the brightest features. I do. I agree. All right. Hey guys, any, or any, either of you guys have anything to add before we close the show? No, um, excited
1: to talk some draft talk over the next few weeks. We got a few weeks down to the draft. Um, yeah, it's going to be some solid times. Thanks for coming on, Eli. Yeah, Absolutely. having you again. Always a pleasure. Always it was interesting pleasure. to be able to agree with you and disagree with Connor <laughs> yeah. instead of the two of us for teaming once. up <laughs> on it, it was interesting. The color <laughs>
0: rush uniforms. I really wasn't yeah. expecting that from you, Blake. I'll be yeah. honest. It's all well, love. I guess we'll see you next week, guys. Yep, take mm-hmm. care.